Good afternoon. Welcome to the Long Live the First Amendment and Free Speech Podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Today I read the case Martinez v. El Paso County, 218-SW3D841, Texas Court of Appeals, 8th District, 2007. Folks, let's think. Think, think, think. First Amendment needs us to think. So what happened in this case? First, I want to say, this case is different than some of the others. I was thinking that disorderly conduct cases can be similar to obscenity cases. Therefore, our obscenity trial focus on this podcast may include disorderly conduct cases. What do you think about that? Do you think this is part of our focus? Some of these cases have similar elements. And this one seems to apply. So what happened? The opinion says, quote, The county filed a petition on January 25, 2005, seeking to enjoin Martinez from using the El Paso County Law Library. The petition alleged that Martinez had a history of disrupting other patrons' use of the library by talking in a loud voice, yelling, and using profanity. She is also accused of yelling at and threatening a member of the library staff. In February of 2004, Martinez had been convicted of disorderly conduct after she used profanity to insult and abuse a member of the library staff. As a result of this incident, and after a hearing before the El Paso County Library Committee, Martinez was allowed to return to the library only under certain conditions. On November 17, 2004, Martinez was cited for disorderly conduct again for using profanity to insult a member of the library staff. This conduct violated the conditions of Martinez's use of the library, and her access was revoked by the Law Library Committee. The county further alleged that, due to Martinez's behavior, library staff and patrons remained fearful of her and asked that she be permanently barred, end quote. Do you think she has a right to use profanity in the law library? Is this the same as these adult bookstores selling obscene works? Is it different? Should one be allowed and not the other? I hope you don't say they both shouldn't be allowed because you probably suck then. Do you think it's different when you speak it in public than you write it down? The court made Ms. Martinez pay $1,500. And like I always like to mention to my dear audience, we got a justice for inflation. Since she had to pay these attorney fees, Putting that in today's dollars would be the equivalent of $2,004.51. Do you think that's harsh? Do you think she should have had to pay those attorney fees? Here is a lesson we can learn from. As she appealed, she included a brief. Now, I've been studying how to write briefs for my county in Texas for Texas 
So let's learn from what she did here. It says, quote, Martinez's brief included approximately 134 unnumbered pages. Within those are approximately 79 pages of attachments, many of which are not a part of the appellate record. Although the table of contents includes the heading summary of argument and argument, we have not been able to find these sections in the body of the brief. There are no citations to relevant legal authority or to the record in the entire brief. The issues presented section contains eight pages of discussion of the various cases Martinez has been involved in, many of which do not seem to have any connection to this appeal. For example, Martinez makes reference to a legal malpractice case from 2003, which she asserts is on appeal both in the court and in the Fifth Circuit. She also discusses a suit against her older sister in 2004, where Martinez attempted to enjoin the administration of their parents' estate during a will contest, end quote. As I'm studying how to write a brief, they have strict guidelines. You have to put it in this format. You have to include this, 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 and that. And they say you can't deviate from it. It seems doable. So she erred by making it seem like a rambling mess of jumbledness. She didn't follow the format. She didn't use legal arguments. Courts love legal arguments. If you haven't noticed that. They'll tell you that. And you can find that from how much they emphasize such. Our court system is founded on precedent. So you want to cite cases. So when we have our appellate trials, let's make sure we do the format right because we don't want to lose a case based on something like that. I have been practicing brief writing. So I encourage you to do the same. At the end of a legal brief is something they call prayer, which is what you want from the court. It looks like she failed to articulate her desires here because they have five things there and none of them they find persuasive. They didn't think they had merit. So let's go through them. It says, quote, in the prayer, Martinez requests that this court take five different actions. First, she asks that we remand the case for a jury trial, although it's unclear what case she wants us to remand. Second, she asks us to remove all permanent and temporary injunctions against her use of the El Paso County Law Library. Third, she asks that we remove all sanctions and wrongful accusation and allegations of frivolous lawsuit. Fourth, she asks that her affidavit of inability to pay costs be acknowledged as to be true and correct. Fifth, and finally, she asked to be compensated for personal injury and emotional distress in relation to her defamation claim. The county argues that Martinez has waived any issues she may have intended to raise by failing to file a proper brief and by not providing this court with a reporter's record. Because Martinez's brief is without legal authority analysis, because we have been unable to identify any issues for review, we agree, end quote. You want to make the legal brief focused. So she included all this stuff that was a rambling jumble of inarticulate 
ranting, perhaps. I don't like to be harsh to people on our side. Still, we need to make sure we're doing things right. And she could have done a better job here. She didn't pay attention to all the details they required, and unfortunately, that was bad for our cause. They say she she's a pro se lawyer, but she still has to follow the rules. And in the guides, in the guide to the brief writing process in Texas that I read, it made that point. Just because you're pro se doesn't mean you are going to get slack. So that's why we need to hold ourselves to a high standard, like they're holding us to. We want to win our cases. If you can afford a lawyer, and if you think it's right in your case then that might be the way to go. Lawyers are very expensive, so I don't know when it would be cost-effective to hire one, especially when someone like me puts a lot of attention to these upsetting cases and to the appellate cases. The whole podcast is based on that. So I believe it can be wise for me to go pro se when the time arises. I'm not going to rule out the possibility of hiring a lawyer. Maybe soon I will be very rich and therefore cost won't be an option. Until then, cost will be an option and pro se may be the way to go. So unfortunately here, this is how they concluded. They said, therefore, due to the inadequacy of her brief, Martinez has waived her issues on appeal. Finding that nothing has been reserved for our review, not, finding that nothing has been preserved for our review, we affirm the trial court's judgment. End quote. Alas, see, you can lose a case if you don't cross every T and dot every I. Therefore, it behooves us to do so. Maybe this case is different than our other obscenity cases, and maybe Martinez is not like the other defendants we've discussed on here. Maybe this is something altogether. Maybe God has determined that disorderly conduct cases, even when using language that's obscene, does not warrant a place in First Amendment heaven, at least not alone. Maybe if you have a disorderly conduct case using obscenity, and then you write an obscene book that gets banned and you fight, maybe for the obscene book case you can go to First Amendment heaven. But otherwise, maybe not. So let's think about that. Let's make sure we're not making these same errors, friends. Martinez may be headed to First Amendment Heaven if she's still alive. It's a good possibility this was 15 years ago. So it's fair game whether she's alive or not. So if she's going to First Amendment Heaven, let us also go there too. So let's strive to that high place. How will you advance the First Amendment, freedom of speech, and third parties today? Long live the First Amendment and free speech. Goodbye.